What's cracking? Big dogs. Welcome bike to the channel. Welcome bike to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDG. Big dogs got to eat. And I welcome you bike to the headquarters for one very last time. As you could see, there's literally nothing going on behind me. As of you guys watching this, when this featured film is live, I will be in the moving truck dumping my stuff off at the new HQ. So HQ beta version 2.0 is no longer in existence. We've had some good times. We've had some terrible times mostly, but it's in the past. V2.0, speaking of V2.0, we're doing a mock draft today, an NFL mock draft. There's a twist. There's a little twist, all right? Like you're making a margarita and instead of putting salt on the rim, we're gonna put a little sugar on the rim. You wanna spice it up by spicing it down. We're going to run through an NFL mock draft the first round, but we're only going to look at fantasy players. All right. So we're going to go through the 32 picks. We're not going to go through 32 picks, but we're going to go from one to 32, diving into the spots where a fantasy player, a skill position, fantasy relevant player is going to be chosen. We'll jump into what that means for the team. We'll jump into their dynasty asset value to what that means for these players in the season long aspect of things. So it's a fantasy player only NFL mock draft v 1.0 we're not like these other dudes out here mock draft 1.4 mock draft 3.0 mock draft 242.0 mock draft 249,132.32.11 you would think the fucking apple developers who do updates on your macbook are the ones running these nfl mock drafts out of control the nfl draft is two days away two fucking days away if you are someone who plays fantasy football if you are someone who's new to the channel don't let the background fuck you up a little bit i promise we'll be in a nicer place very soon we're just in the middle of moving obviously so subscribe to the channel if you're into fantasy football if you play in dynasty leagues or if you're interested in getting into a dynasty league we got rookie drafts coming up we're gonna be covering everything fantasy football related with that being said let's tuck our shirts in stop yelling and let's eat All right, so the NFL draft, again, two days away. What's that mean? What's that mean? It means we're two days away from our NFL draft live stream. We're going to be live streaming for the entirety of the NFL draft. Underdog Fantasy, who is our official partner for the year, is mistakenly sending our asses down to Miami, Florida. We're going to be live streaming from a, rid a ridiculous Airbnb. Myself, FB God, Animal, and new fake intern Tony. So you can listen to us, chop it up, talk about where the players fall, what that means for the dynasty values. You'll probably be getting hammered with us, honestly. So bring your best Marg ingredients. NFL Draft live stream. Set your calendar. Set your alarm. Set your, set whatever the fuck you want to set. Set your wife off by telling her that you're going to be joining us for the NFL Draft stream. 7 p.m. Eastern, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Join us all weekend. It's going to be fucking awesome. Pick number one. Do we do we need to waste our time? He's like minus ten thousand to go number one off the board. I don't think I don't think I've seen a mock draft since the year like two thousand eighteen that didn't have Trevor Lawrence going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know what's so funny? Like the Jets had this pick until they just wanted to rattle off a couple wins last year for absolutely no fucking reason, and now their franchise gets Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick. This is obviously a, a franchise altering type pick here for fantasy it's huge for the weapons it's huge you look at the entire jags quarterback situation last year they threw for 3300 
total yards and 23 touchdowns. He's going to top those numbers. From a redraft perspective, it gets shaky. One, because again, he's a rookie quarterback, but two, they add Marvin Jones to the mix as well. We don't know what else they're going to they're gonna add during the NFL draft. Maybe they add like a second or third day wide receiver. Maybe they add a tight end to the mix. So it gets a little messy from a one-year standpoint, right? It's going to be really, really tricky to buy into any of these guys in particular. Right now, we're looking at Dynasty Startup ADP, which we have in our draft guide right now on bdge.store. Visca, 805 wide receiver 33. Chark, 709 wide receiver 29. So back end of the seventh round, midway through the eighth round, and if you believe that Trevor Lawrence is anywhere near as good as what people have made him out to be for the last fucking five years, then it's worth taking a shot on one of those guys in almost every startup draft you do in the seventh to eighth round. If Lawrence hits his rookie year and throws for like 4,200 yards, one of those guys, if not both of them, are going to be massive, massive winners. If Lawrence hits as soon as this year as a rookie, one of those wide receivers will hit, if not both of them. And by the time next year's drafts come around, the ceiling for where they could be picked is like the third or fourth. Say, say Trevor Lawrence comes in, throws for 4,200, 4,300 yards or whatever. Chark goes for 1,100. Visca goes for 1,000 total yards from scrimmage. Both of those guys' ADPs are now going to be in the third to fourth round range, most likely, because they're tethered now to Trevor Lawrence forever. So uh, shouldn't be any decision here to make with Trevor Lawrence. He is the 101 in Superflex Dynasty rookie drafts. Uh, he obviously makes the weapons there a lot better from a redraft perspective. It gets, you know, it, I'm not too, too excited about it. I will probably invest into one of those guys in each of my drafts, you know, diversify the revenue. That's something we preach here. If you're in a lot of season long drafts, no surprise here, Trevor Lawrence there, Zach Wilson at number two, going to the New York Jets where there is smoke, there is fire. And at this point, I think Zach Wilson is like minus 5,000 to go to the Jets. So this should not be a surprise here. He's, he's going to New York. He's coming to the big apple. Now it's going to be a bumpy ride for Zach Wilson. Uh, and the Jets in year one. He's not going into an ideal situation. I don't care what you think about Zach Wilson. Everybody on Twitter is fucking terrible at diagnosing rookie quarterbacks. Everyone thinks they know what they're talking about. And as soon as like the group fucking think comes around, group thing comes around and everybody hates Zach Wilson, that's when I feel most confident that that player is actually going to be good. Unfortunately, they get rid of Sam Darnold to throw Zach Wilson basically into being Sam Darnold 2.0. Starting role there as a quarterback is behind one of, if not like the worst pass blocking lines in the NFL. The weapons are improving a bit. Uh, I guess they they added Corey, Corey Davis. No, they got James and Crowder. We like Denzel Mims a lot, but they need to keep improving that offensive line. They need to keep, if they're going to invest the number two pick into Zach Wilson, they need to keep building around him. They need to make sure he's protected and they need to make sure he's got outlets when he isn't protected and he wants to scramble outside the pocket and throw it into tight coverage. So I would say from a dynasty perspective, like just based on the capital alone and based on the fact that no one actually knows what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to evaluating rookie quarterbacks, he's worth the investment in the early part of Superflex rookie drafts. I'm not going to be taking him 102 because the situation he's going into is just very, 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 very shitty. But I think you can argue him as high as like the 103 to 106 range. It's probably like Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, depending on where he goes. And then depending on who falls to the 49ers at pick number three, you're going to be arguing between Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts, depending on your settings. But right now, Zach Wilson, I think you can argue as high as like a three, four spot, depending on how you personally see him as a player. Is it good for the weapons in New York? Uh, I mean, listen, I, it can't get worse than what it's been. So yeah, I, I think you just have to project a little bit more of a ceiling into these players. Denzel Mims will come into the year fully healthy. So hopefully they have some report, right? They have the whole summer to get together and they have uh, the summer to kind of build up a new scheme and a new offense and a new regime there. So I'm excited for what's going to happen in New York. I'm excited to see Zach Wilson get there and hopefully he 
surprises and shuts the fuck up out of everybody on Dynasty Twitter. After Zach Wilson going to New York at number two, things are going to get crazy in this draft. We don't know who San Fran's going to go with yet, but I think we kind of do. Here's where I stand on the situation. We can look at the reports. Ian Rappaport, as the 49ers close in on their decision of which QB to take at number three overall, sources say they are down to two prospects, and the belief is that those two are Bama quarterback Mac Jones and NDSU quarterback Trey Lance. Several sources say the focus does appear to have shifted to those two. Again, like I said with Zach Wilson, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's like a motherfucking bonfire when it comes to Mac Jones and San Fran. Here's the way I look at it, bro. Like anything could happen, right? Can they take Justin Fields at three? Do we want him to take, do we want them to take Justin Fields at three? Like, yes, for the majority, it would be a really fun, exciting fit. But everything we've heard has been about Mac Jones. They're talking about how Shani wants a, a quarterback who's also a coach on the field. Extremely accurate over most parts of the field. We are drafting, we are mocking Mac Jones to San Fran at number three here. That's basically been every report that we've seen. The other way I look at it, too, is like, listen, you trade all of these first round picks. You trade all of this capital to move up to the number three pick. Remember, obviously, San Fran traded up to get to number three. You don't just do that as a luxury thing. Like, you know who you want. You know what you're doing when you move up to that draft slot. So I cannot fucking imagine that when they made that trade, when they made the trade to move up to number three, they didn't already know who they were taking. You think a fucking pro day, a couple throws and shorts are going to be the decision factors for whether or not you go with this guy over this guy? I mean, ridiculous fucking things happen in the NFL draft, I guess. But I find it very hard to believe that they traded up to number three and then they started their process of trying to figure out who they wanted to take. Most people are going to say, yeah, he doesn't have the ceiling of the other guys in this class. And that's that's very true. But he, he can't be more extra medium than Jimmy G, man. Jimmy G has basically been like a zero value added player in that offense. He's consistently getting guys killed over the middle and, and missing wide open routine throws that any NFL quarterback should should make. And Mac Jones fits into that, into that like pocket passer, smart quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has had so much success with, right? You look at Kirk Cousins, you look at Matt Ryan, you look at Jimmy G. None of them have the strongest arms, but they're all very, very accurate in the short and intermediate parts of the field, deliver the deep ball when necessary. And I think Mac Jones fits into that perfectly. Jones, like Jimmy G, uh, adds nothing with his legs, but he's more accurate than a lot of the guys coming out in this class, man. And at the end of the day, like we like to see flashy things. We like to see people on the run. We like to see 70-yard bombs going up. But 95% of the time in the NFL, the throws are short. The throws are Three-step drops, hit your guy in a fucking comeback route. The throws are 13-yard slants over the middle. Very, very, very few quarterbacks are consistently asked to hit somebody on a dime 45 yards down the field. Is it nice to have that? Should you be looking for the quarterback that has that with the number fucking three pick overall? Yes, but you could do worse than Mac Jones, man. Even if you don't believe he's got the arm strength to be that upper tier type of quarterback, like it doesn't really matter in Shanahan's offense, man. This is not a downfield type offense. They have arguably the best yak group of weapons in the entire NFL with George Kittle, with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and they're a very run heavy team as well, right? We've seen the success of basically every running back that they throw out there to be the starter. So listen, I'm not mad about it. I think this just adds an accurate quarterback to the mix. And whatever you thought about Debo or Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle beforehand, yes, maybe you're not. Oh, fuck. The ceiling is now through the goddamn roof. But it's but they're going to be just as good as you thought they were going to be, regardless of who the quarterback was. If you like them with Jimmy G, you should like them equally as much with Mac Jones. So I think clear as day, Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, Mac Jones three to San Fran. What else is clear as day? My vision 
thanks to Felix Gray. If y'all have been rocking with me for a little bit, or if you're new, I've been sporting Felix Gray glasses because as a content creator, as someone who just stares at screens all day, if you stare at screens all day, I'm sure a lot of y'all are working from home on your laptop all day, NFL draft comes, you're going to be staring at the screen for the next 72 hours, okay? It's hard to get good sleep. It's hard to not have your eyes irritated. We live in a world where we're literally just staring. Okay, I put my phone down. I look at my laptop. I look at my second monitor. monitor I look at my, my camera screen, all right? I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about blue light blocking glasses. These are a product that I so strongly believe in that I've been using for like two or three years personally, way prior to when I even started working with Felix Gray. But I could not have bought a better product to, to help my eyes, to help my sleep. I truly think everybody should have these. If you work on the screen for any amount of time or if you're working or looking at screens, if you're staring at your phone from like 7 to 10 p.m., that's going to fuck your sleep up. All right. This is how you prevent that. Felix Gray is celebrating their fifth birthday, five years in business. I'm pretty sure I've been rocking with them since the start. They very, very rarely do discount codes. Okay. Even when I signed up with them and we're like, oh, we're going to work together and we're going to, we're going to do some ads on your channel because it's a perfect fit. They don't give me my own promo code. And I was like, honestly, I respect that, but they are doing a promo code because it is their fifth anniversary of being alive. It is simply cheers. Cheers will get you 15% off. These are sort of like a luxury version of the blue light blocking glasses. 15% off with code cheers means you're getting the luxury product without paying thy luxury price. Not only are they effective, but they look good too. They got a ton of different styles. If you use prescription glasses, you can also get your prescription glasses inside of the blue light blocking glasses. Man, I love this product so much. Go over to felixgray.com. Link will be in the description. Use cheers for 15% off. Save your eyes, save your sleep, look good, look way smarter than you actually are. Everybody likes wearing glasses when they actually look good, okay? So happy birthday to Felix Gray, and honestly, happy birthday to y'all, because now you just got a birthday present from me. Let's go to number four. Now, number four is obviously Atlanta on the clock. With Atlanta on the clock, some of y'all may or may not know, I'm a Falcons fan, okay? And I don't want to use the number four overall pick on a tight end. I don't want to use it on Kyle Pitts. I don't think that's going to happen. With all of these other, with all of this, my voice be fucking cracking like an earthquake right now. With all of these other picks, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, the reason I believe it's going to happen is because we've seen so many reports. I keep saying where there's smoke, there's fire. You're hearing it from these insiders. You're hearing it from the teams. You're hearing it from all these different sources. The Kyle Pitts shit is strictly just people mocking Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. I haven't really heard Atlanta come out and say that we like Kyle Pitts. We're going to be taking Kyle Pitts. I don't have NFL insiders saying that Kyle Pitts is the guy at number four. Everyone is just mocking him there. So I don't feel like we've gotten any real sources about Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta at number four. Can it happen? Yeah, absolutely. It might, it might fucking happen. And then I'll become a Kyle Pitts fan. That's fine. I just don't want to use a number four pick on a tight end. I, at the end of the day, don't believe it's going to happen because there are five legitimate quarterbacks in this draft class that are possibly franchise altering quarterbacks. With that being said, number four, I think either Denver or New England is going to trade up to number four to get Justin Fields or Trey Lance. We're going to say Justin Fields. We're going to say Denver moves up to number four to get Justin Fields. I think he's just simply too too talented to drop further than, than the number four pick. The first three guys go off the board, Justin Fields sitting there. There's going to be a franchise, and these are the teams that need it, that are going to look at Justin Fields, that's going to look at Justin Fields and say, fuck, he's still sitting on the board. We liked him as our quarterback too behind Trevor Lawrence. And the fact that he's falling, we got to get up and get him. Is there a chance that Atlanta takes a quarterback? Yes, there's absolutely a chance that Atlanta takes a quarterback. Is there a chance that that quarterback plays this year? No, because Matt Ryan's going to be their quarterback for this year. So 
I don't know. Atlanta's in a weird spot. Like, I don't want them to take a tight end. I think they should trade back and grab a cornerback in like the 8 to 11 range or whatever. Trade with Denver at 9. I think that might happen. So I'm going to have Denver trading up to grab. This is the only trade I'm going to make in this. Denver trading up to grab Justin Fields. And I absolutely fucking love that because this offense has fantastic weapons. They got Jerry Judy. They've got Cortland Sutton. They've got KJ Hamler. This would be a really, really, really fun, fun offense to uh, to watch. That's a great situation to step into. They have an improved offensive line from the free agent signings last year. And I think that makes Justin Fields uh, probably a top three super flex rookie pick. He's someone that I would be drafting in startups, you know, in the third, fourth round. So we're going to go with Justin Fields at number four to Denver. Does he win the starting job outright? Maybe not, but he's going to be a starter eventually. So I think he's actually someone that would probably be a really, really good value even in redraft. Okay, so if he comes out and he's like quarterback 15 off the board, just his rushing floor alone, bro. He's averaging 40 rushing yards per game in college over the last two years. Like that's huge for any fantasy player. So if you liked guys like fucking Tyrod Taylor last year or the year before, whatever, Justin Fields is going to be one of the better values in fantasy drafts this year. Let's move over to number four. This entire top 10 is going to be fun as shit. This entire top 10 is going to be fun because it's so many mainstream players that like everybody knows about and are fantasy relevant players. So number five, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to be on this list because they are taking Jamar Chase. We keep hearing the rumors. We keep hearing the reports. It's not what we want. We want them to go with the old lineman, but I think they're going to dive into what Joe Burrow wants, and I think they give him Jamar Chase. Remember, they played together in that historic 2019 season where Jamar Chase went absolutely nuts. That year is the reason that Jamar Chase can sit out for a full season and still be the unanimous first wide receiver drafted. So this is uh, this is a really interesting landing spot because they obviously have T. Higgins, who broke out as a rookie last year, and Joe Burrow's coming back from the ACL tear. We want him to get protection. But I think they go with Jamar Chase, and I think this becomes one of the coolest fucking wide receiver tandems in the NFL right now. Higgins and Chase, and obviously they have Tyler Boyd there. Now, a lot of people, what I think this is going to present right away is a buying opportunity for both guys. I think Jamar Chase's value will drop a little bit. I think T. Higgins' value will drop pretty significantly. Right now, he's he's being drafted as like a borderline wide receiver one in Dynasty startup drafts, and I think that will drop to like a low-end wide receiver two if Chase goes there because people are immediately going to be like, oh, they don't have a ceiling anymore. Like, I get it. Are they going to be able to put up 1,700 yards if they're not the complete outright alpha in an offense? No, but like how often does 1,700 yard seasons happen for fantasy players? Like very rarely, like once a year, maybe once every other year by one individual player in the entire fucking NFL, you can have two very good wide receivers that still go for like 1,300 yards and double digit touchdowns, bro. Like that's very realistic. And both of these guys can be top 15 fantasy wide receivers, especially if Joe Burrow continues to progress as the quarterback that we think he's going to be. So I think this pick will will absolutely uh, present a buying opportunity for both guys. Jamar Chase will continue to be the wide receiver one if this is the case for Dynasty. Deserve it of a top five pick for sure. T. Higgins, I think, probably moves him down from maybe the wide receiver 12 to like 16, 18 in that range. But I think it would probably hurt Boyd the most because Boyd's not a ceiling player. He's a guy who just thrives on uh, a decent volume from the slot. And the volume's obviously going to go go down if Chase is now there. We'll see Chase probably put up similar numbers to what Higgins did in his rookie season. We'll see Higgins probably push up to, you know, 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards and be a red zone beast. So both of them might not go nuts this year in redraft, but I think both of them are absolutely buys in Dynasty because people are going to get... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Worried about the fact that now they're eating into each other's targets, okay? The rising tide, my friends, rising, rising tide. We've seen multiple wide receivers produce at high level on the same team plenty of times over the last 10, 15 years, okay? And it's going to happen again with Cincinnati. Pivoting to Miami at number six, we want to talk about two good wide receivers playing together. How about two good tight ends playing together? Because Kyle Pitts does not fall further than number six. Is someone going to trade up to get him? Maybe. If not, Miami's sitting there with number six, and I think they go with Kyle Pitts. It's a it's a weird fit because you're initially going to say, like, they already have Mike Kosicki. But listen, if, if, if you believe, like most people believe, that Kyle Pitts is, like, the best secondary weapon in this draft class behind Jamar Chase, then it just makes sense to draft Kyle Pitts and give Tua another weapon to progress and be the quarterback that they drafted him to be. There were only four teams in the NFL last year that ran more two tight end sets than Miami, okay? And I don't really think it matters with Pitts and Gesicki because both of them are not like the, the, the standard typical tight end in the NFL anymore, right? They are, they're more weapons. They're more pass catchers. They're not meant to block. So you could look at the two tight end sets, but I don't think that's how I would look at it. I, I, don't, I don't think Kyle Pitts gets drafted here and then you're like, they better start writing two tight end sets. Like they're just going to have four pass catchers out there. They're just going to have, you know, Devontae Parker out there. They're going to have Mike Isiki. They're going to have Kyle Pitts just running routes on every down. Miami clearly has been a forward-thinking franchise over the last five years. Their rebuild has been borderline flawless. If Tua hits, their rebuild will probably be one of the best of all time in the NFL. As a forward-thinking franchise, I don't think you just skip on Kyle Pitts because you have Mike Kosicki there. Mike Kosicki had the second most targets from the slot of any tight end last year. They'll continue to run Pitts on the inside. They'll continue to run Pitts on the outside. He'll probably be their wide receiver one by the end of the year. So Kyle Pitts, number six. Number seven. Number seven. We'll keep the skill players rolling. I promise not every pick's going to be a skill player, but a lot of them are going to be in the top 10 this year. The Detroit Lions are on the clock. I mean, no team needs a wide receiver more than they they need. They need a wide receiver like I need $100 million and, and a girl that looks like a Coke bottle. And that's where Devontae Smith comes into play. Simply cannot get the the idea of, of him going to the Lions out of my head. They have no more Kenny Galladay. They have no more Marvin Jones. They signed Rashad Perriman. They have Quintus Cephas. I don't even know what Quintus Cephas sounds like a fucking STD. Talkinson and it's DeAndre Swift there. Is it the right move? Time will tell. Devontae Smith's 2020 year was just simply too flashy, too explosive, just too incredible for him to fall too far. I know his uh, 
The draft prop right now, I believe, has him over under of like 11 and a half or 12 and a half. So they don't see him falling past. You know, you have the New York Giants at 11. You got Philly at 12. So they're thinking he probably falls closer to that range than being the second wide receiver off the board. They have Waddle actually as the favorite to go above Devonta Smith. Listen, man, I think it's become too cool to hate on Devonta Smith. At the end of the day, bro, he was just so fucking good. And I've been looking over a lot of the data from Matt Harmon's reception perception, which he is now selling as an individual product, by the way. It's not a sponsored post. I just very much believe in the product. Receptionperception.com. He has the charts for Devonta Smith. And this is straight from Matt Harmon's mouth. When it comes to his route running, there's no need to mince words. Devonta Smith is without a doubt the best separator in the 2021 NFL draft class you look at the chart success rate versus coverage look at it It, it's beautiful coverage type man zone press his percentile in terms of success rate against these are phenomenal 90th percentile 87th percentile 89th percentile against press so you want to talk about his size it's not a limiter bro it's not a limiter He, he has no problem getting off press coverage he has no problem getting off of man coverage and that's what you need as a number one in the nfl the more that people are disliking smith the more i'm starting to buy bike into a man he's gonna throw up relative numbers to what he did in college no like no one's going for fucking 1800 2000 yards at the nfl level but what if he's calvin ridley that's someone you could work with as a number one and that's definitely not out of his range of outcomes uh, what if he's just a consistent 75 or 12 to 1300 yards, nine to 10 touchdowns? That's a legit all-star type wide receiver type shit. All right. So I'm starting to think that we're all just overthinking Devontae Smith. So I have Devontae Smith going to Detroit at number seven. Then we skip a few picks because again, this is only fantasy players relevant in the NFL draft to number 11 where the Giants, they either get Devontae Smith or they get Jalen Waddle. Whoever goes to Detroit, the opposite will go to New York at number 11, I believe. And I absolutely love this pick. So I have Jalen Waddle going to New York at number 11. If this were to happen, this is a beautiful, beautiful tandem. You have Kenny Galladay and you have Jalen Waddle. It's a real fucking cute picture. I'm sure they're going to be taking a lot of pictures like when we saw Derrick Henry and, and Deion Lewis in the practice squad together. Was, you know, that was, that was one of the, the crispiest, most swaggiest pictures I've seen on the internet in quite some time. Do I love it for Waddle and Dynasty? Listen, if I'm going to make the point that like Chase and Higgins are, are fine for me, right? Like a rising tide, good players can be good together no matter what the situation is. Then I have to I have to apply the same thing here for Jalen Waddle and Kenny Galladay. He's an absolute game breaker, the his elite speed and a, and a guy downfield that just changes the way the defenses need to play. Does Daniel Jones throw it deep a ton? No, not particularly, but like that's what's going to happen when your top three wide receivers are the fucking Oompa Loompas. They're all under six feet. They all play the slot. Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton. Like, do you expect him to be going downfield all the time? No, because you don't have downfield playmakers. And when you look at what Daniel Jones did when he did throw it deep last year, he was pretty fucking good. His completion rate, 46.5%, number seven in the NFL. His yards per attempt on deep passes, number eight in the NFL. His big time throw rate per PFF. This was like a fucking new stat that they started adding this year. Big time throws, quote unquote, is a pass with excellent ball location and timing, generally thrown further down the field and or into tighter windows. Daniel Jones's big time throw rate in terms of success Number two in the NFL, only behind Aaron Rodgers, okay? So he wasn't throwing the ball down the field a lot, but when he did, he was much better than people are giving him credit for. So all that to say, number 11 overall draft capital for Jalen Waddle, while having a secondary piece that in Galladay that safeties can't cheat over on Jalen Waddle's speed, is going to be huge, man. It's going to be a beautiful fit for that wide receiver tandem. Waddle right now, per our ADP, which is in our draft guide again on bdge.store, our ADP per our startup drafts or our rookie mock drafts have Waddle going as the 112. If he goes to New York, I think that drops down a little bit to like the 201, the 22 into the 204 range because you're immediately going to say like the same thing with Chase and Higgins. Oh, there's another guy there that's going to take targets. But Waddle doesn't need 120 targets. Waddle needs 100 targets to turn that into 1,000 yards. 
to turn that into uh, 1,100, 1,200 yards because he's such a big play threat guy. I'm fine taking him. He's going to go in the early second round as opposed to the late first round. More the merrier. So again, Detroit might take Waddle at seven. Then I'd have the Giants taking Devontae Smith at 11 and vice versa. Uh, right now, Smith has the highest odds. Devontae Smith has the highest odds of any player to be selected by the Giants per DraftKings Sportsbook at plus 300. So I apologize to uh, you Eagles fans, but after New York, since the top three wide receivers are off the board, no skill players are picked here, which is where we drop down to number 15. That's where the Patriots are sitting. And there is one more quarterback sitting there undrafted as Trey Lance, of course. So this is not to say that I actually think Trey Lance drops to number 15, because I really think that all these quarterbacks are probably off the fucking board by like the 10th or 11th pick or some shit. But, you know, just I don't want to start doing trades and making this shit all crazy and wild because then I start losing track of what players are off the board so we will just say Patriots Denver they're going to be the teams where Justin Fields and Trey Lance fall to I don't know who trades up for what or what the fuck happens there we're going to go Patriots getting Trey Lance I'll start off by saying like the landing spot absolutely stinks because we saw what New England's offense was last year without Tom Brady it was terrible but when you look at what they have set up now Trey Lance is very very much like Cam Newton and the Pat system is already built for a guy like Cam Newton and that is Trey Lance, okay? So their system does not have to adapt to a guy like Trey Lance, right? You see a lot of these these teams that start to draft players and then they either force them into a fucking jigsaw puzzle where they don't fit or they need to change the entire offense. Well, guess what? Good fucking news. They already did that for Cam Newton, so Trey Lance sliding into here means not a lot has to change there in New England, okay? The other thing to note here, which I think also makes this a great fit, is like Trey Lance is obviously very raw. Took some time off of football and I think... That's probably the right sentiment. And when you are a raw prospect, you have to sit and learn behind someone, okay? If he's not stepping on the field from day one, who better to learn from than former MVP and guy that he plays very similar to Cam Newton? Like, it just makes too much fucking sense for Trey Lance to go here, sit behind Cam Newton in a system that already prepared itself to be with a guy like Cam Newton. That's Trey Lance. So any top 15 quarterback, which is where I have Trey Lance going in terms of draft capital, is worth investing into rookie super flex drafts at a very, very high level. Okay, especially with uh, Trey Lance's rushing upside. He went for 1,100 yards and 14 rushing touchdowns back in 2019 just on the ground. Trey Lance goes to New England. Trey Lance goes anywhere inside the top 10. He probably needs to sit for a little while, but I think you could also draft him as high as like pick number three, four, five overall. So we've got Patriots number 15 going with Trey Lance, the next skill position player off the board. We'll drop down to number 20. That is the Chicago Bears, and they are taking my fucking boy Rashad Bateman. It's like, how long can the Bears and Allen Robinson do this toxic ex-girlfriend thing? It's basically like Rashad Bateman is the hot new Tinder match. It makes you begin to forget about the one, the Allen Robinson that broke your heart. And you might still be in contact. You might still sign them to a franchise tag for the foreseeable future. But it's kind of your way of weaning yourself off of them, okay? The new Tinder match, the drafting of him at number 20, it's one and the same. Allen Robinson, your ex-girlfriend, they're hot, but at the end of the day, the compatibility just wasn't there. So you're looking for the next best thing. 2021 is kind of going to be the year of them weaning off. You still hit them up for the booty call, but by 2022, y'all are dating, you're committed, and all your friends are telling you how your new girlfriend looks just like your ex-girlfriend. And that's basically the Bateman to Robinson situation right now. It's a fucking terrible example. I'm sorry for wasting your time with that because Allen Robinson obviously looks like Allen Robinson ate Rashad Bateman and then 
looks actually like Rashad Bateman. Okay, 20 pounds lighter, but I think Rashad Bateman has everything necessary to be a real number one, a real possession-wide receiver that you look for, like the Stephon Diggs type who runs the crispy-ass deep routes, really good on yak, runs crispy slant routes. It's all there for Rashad Bateman to take over as a wide receiver one in the following year. If he goes to Chicago, obviously the quarterback situation is extremely flimsy there, but I'll buy into the talent and I'll buy into the opportunity that's soon to come to Rashad Bateman there as still obviously a first round super flex pick he probably he'd probably be in like the 107 to 109 range kind of where i had him before this is where i've expected him to drop most of the time so uh nothing really changes for Rashad bateman here skipping ahead to pick number 24 that's the pittsburgh steelers man that is the pittsburgh steelers and the pittsburgh steelers are going to make a pick that is going to rock dynasty twitter it's almost not even unexpected at this point it's Najee harris is Najee harris the rb1 you just look at the steelers offense man uh, ben is on his last legs and his last fucking elbow. He Very few ligaments or joints are still working in Big Ben. So they need someone else's legs to carry the team. And what be, who better than 225, 230-pound Najee Harris? He can give them that Le'Veon Bell skill set that they've been looking for. He can play on all three downs. He can alleviate some of the pressure from Uncle Ben. I think it's just perfect. Najee is uh, minus 167 to be the first running back off the board. ETN at plus 150. So it looks like Harris is going to be the pick. Uh, Najee's prop line in terms of where he's going to be drafted is set at 25 and a half. So you have Pittsburgh at 24. You have Jacksonville at 25. So it makes sense that they would put him there. And I think Pittsburgh's just the reports and the rumors make sense that they would go with the Najee Harris at 24. He just fits that mold so well. It's an incredible landing spot, man. So he can he can come in right off the rip and be the three down back. Like you look at what Mike Tomlin's done year in and year out he wants a workhorse no matter who the starter is like he's giving them them 20 plus touches even with a guy like Benny Snell and like speaking of Benny Snell it's Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane there was no real competition like I love running AMC and I think he could be a nice like pace changer back for Najee Harris but man you think of what Mike Tomlin's offenses have been and Najee Harris is the perfect perfect compliment the bigger concern here is not competition the bigger concern here is not draft capital if he ends up here the bigger concern here is their offensive line which took a big hit last year they ranked 31st in run blocking per PFF so the biggest concern with Najee Harris isn't going to be volume isn't going to be draft capital isn't going to be fucking landing spot but it's going to be the offensive line here in Pittsburgh the only team that that ranked lower than them was the Chargers and the Chargers actually addressed the position with Corey Lindsley all pro center from Green Bay and now the Chargers solidified that spot so that's the big concern here but if Harris goes here listen just the volume alone he remains the RB1 in rookie drafts and you want to take him right after Trevor Lawrence at the 102 completely fine with it obviously if Fields or like Trey Lance end up in San Fran I'd probably take one of those guys over him but listen in in, in redraft leagues and season-long leagues I think Harris inserts himself right into the RB1 conversation if he goes 24 overall to Pittsburgh probably comfortably inside that in the top 10 because you're looking at dudes like Zeke you're looking at Akers, Dobbins, those second-year backs, Swift, whatever. No reason not to have them up there, given what the opportunity is about to be. I look back over the last 10 years, there have been 10 running backs drafted inside the top 25 picks of the actual NFL draft. So went back to 2010, and inside the top 25 picks of the NFL draft, we've had 10 running backs selected that high. Their rookie year, on average, those 10 running backs, consisted of 19.2 opportunities per game. There was one player below 15 opportunities per game. That was CJ Spiller back in 2010. If you filter out the dudes that were below 210 pounds, you're looking at 21 opportunities per game on average for rookies drafted inside the top 25, rookie running backs drafted inside the top 25 of the NFL draft. I mean, Harris is an absolute easy smash here at 24, early in your rookie drafts, early in redraft. It's a beautiful, beautiful landing spot. After Pittsburgh at 24, Listen, I actually originally mocked uh, Terrace Marshall, LSU wide receiver, to Cleveland at pick 26. I think, you know, he links up with the former uh, LSU alumni and OBJ and Jarvis Landry. 
OBJ coming back from another serious injury and who knows how much more time he has in Cleveland if they're going to continue to go run heavy offense here he's going to get pissed off and we've learned too many times that no passing offense can actually run through Jarvis Landry it would be a death okay you know here's a I'm not sure I even believe this is going to happen so instead we're going to have Marshall fall one pick further to Baltimore at 27 it's the perfect fit in my opinion here uh, it, it's like a knockoff version of what the Giants would have, right? I said it's cute little Galladay and Jalen Waddle tandem. This would be like Terrace Marshall and Hollywood Brown. They would be able to get that little picture together where people like to post and they're like, oh, this is going to be my favorite wide receiver duo for the next 40 years. The reason I think this is a perfect fit, one, Terrace Marshall is like a really, really phenomenal upside. Uh, he's a possession guy. He's super versatile, though. He could play all over the all over the field. Even though he's like 6'2", 6'3", he was primarily a slot guy at LSU the last year. It's basically what they did with Justin Jefferson, where he played outside the year prior, moving into the slot when they needed him to, and he absolutely exploded. So he'll be moving all over the field. And again, going back to Matt Harmon's reception perception, this is a quote from Terrace Marshall's profile. In addition to strong separation numbers, Marshall might just be the best contested catch receiver in this class. He saw a contested attempt on 23.6% of his sample targets, hauled in 88.2% of them. That is nuts. So the reason I think it's a perfect fit with a guy like Lamar, obviously Lamar is not the most accurate quarterback. So with Marshall, you don't need to be. You don't need to throw him open because he's going to win regardless as evidenced by his contested catch rates. So I love this fit. After Baltimore at 27, we have New Orleans, we have Green Bay, we have Buffalo, we have Baltimore again because they made the tr uh, the trade with Kansas City to get that 31st overall pick for Orlando Brown, and we have Tampa Bay. Here's the thing. I'm not going to mock any more skill players uh, on the rest of these picks. New Orleans, Green Bay. I would love the Packers and or the Saints to go with wide receivers, and if you're watching my channel, you probably are saying like Green Bay and New Orleans are both going to go with wide receivers. Like Y'all are in the fantasy mindset like me. I, like, I would love to see that happen. I would love to see... Uh, either of the more people go there. I would love to see Elijah Moore and or Rondell Moore go to Saints and or the Packers. I think both of them would be phenomenal slot fits for those offenses. I don't think it's going to happen. New Orleans needs a cornerback bad. Green Bay needs to shore up that center spot. I don't think they go with wide receivers, but if they did go with one of the Moors, I would be ecstatic. And those guys would jump up very far because there's opportunity in the passing game for both of those offenses, especially out of the slot we have buffalo we have baltimore we have tampa bay i don't think any of those guys or any of those teams go with skill position players there if you think differently let me know in the comment section i'm actually those last five picks are going to be really really exciting i feel like i think um anything could happen there so let me know how you think those last five picks are going to turn out and uh that's going to wrap up this video for today i hope you all enjoyed the first round mock draft with fantasy players only Next time you see me, we will be in the new headquarters. Next time you see me, actually, will be for our NFL Draft live stream. So make sure that you got that shit circled on your calendars. We're going to bring you the best fucking live stream that y'all have seen, NFL Draft related, fantasy football related. It's going to be fun as hell. We're going to be doing giveaways, ton of dumb shit, okay? So Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, join us all three days if you want to. If you enjoyed the video, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Make sure y'all subscribe to the channel. If you are new, we're covering football, fantasy, dynasty, life, vlogs, whatever you want to see from the channel. We've got you covered. And make sure you go check out Felix Gray. Felix Gray, promo code, cheers, 15% off for their fifth birthday. You don't want to miss the sale because this shit ain't happening again. I love you. I'm out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.